One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. This week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is sponsored by Little Ones, which is Countdown's range of nappies. Little Ones are a new range of nappies available only at Countdown. These new nappies have a super soft, breathable inner lining to help keep your baby's skin soft and dry. The super absorbent core quickly draws moisture away from the skin so that baby is dry for longer. There's also a really helpful wetness indicator which changes colour when wet. And a fit indicator on the front of the nappy that lets you know when it's time to upsize and helps you centre the nappy on your baby. The nappies have a stretchy waistband which is soft and gentle as well as elasticated leg cuffs to ensure there is less leakage whilst also allowing your baby to move freely and maximise comfort. Little Ones is available in a wide range of sizes including infant, crawler, toddler, walker and junior. As well as the nappies, check out the little one's super absorbent and gentle baby wipes. They're enriched with aloe vera, vitamin E and chamomile extract. Perfect for baby's hands, face and bottom. The hypoallergenic formulation is alcohol and soap free with a pH balance. There is a fragrance free and scented option. Little one's nappies and wipes are big on quality but low on price. Look out for the cute dots on pack next time you're in your local countdown or online at countdown.co.nz. A huge thank you to Countdown and Little Ones for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. It makes a huge difference to me, so I really do appreciate it. In this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Alarice, and Alarice takes us through her first pregnancy, which was in Melbourne. So she talks us through her pregnancy and birth in Melbourne. It ended up being a vaginal delivery, and she had some quite severe mental health uh, concerns postpartum. So she talks us through what that was like and how she sort of managed through that. And then she talks us through moving home to New Zealand and falling pregnant unexpectedly with her new partner and unfortunately miscarrying during that pregnancy. And then she talks us through making the decision to try for a pregnancy and falling pregnant in the first month. So that is her beautiful 12-day-old son, Bowie. And she talks us through what that pregnancy was like. She had um, some issues with polyhydramnios and then some severe birth complications. So really different birth story to her first. And she talks us through what that was like. She also discusses antenatal depression, so she has been on antidepressants for her mental health throughout her whole second pregnancy and is still taking them now postpartum. So I think that this episode definitely covers a lot of topics that I get messages about on the podcast Instagram and I think that you'll get a lot out of it. So super grateful to Alarice for coming on the podcast and sharing her experiences with us. I hope you love it. If you do, I would love to see you listening on your stories if you take a screenshot and post it to your story tag at Kiwi Birth Tales or leave me a review or a star rating on whatever app you are listening on. It means a whole lot to me and I read every single one of your reviews. So yeah, huge thank you. Let's jump into the episode. Hi, Alarise. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Yes. Um, so I live in Auckland with my two beautiful boys. Eli is five and Bowie is 12 days old <laughs> and my partner Jacob and our dog Simba. Yeah. Um, and I'm a freelance brand strategist and web designer. Um, I also actually host a podcast, which we had you on, um, <laughs> called The Lowdown. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you the first time around? Um, the first time was unplanned. So I was actually living in, um, 
Melbourne with my ex-partner um, and yeah I unexpectedly fell pregnant it was a yeah. complete shock I was quite young I was 23 I think when I found out I was pregnant with Eli yeah um, so yeah I mean we were you know we were in a relationship we were happy to um, have him and kind of spent the next nine months um, planning out you know like getting ready for the baby yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And how did you find out that you were pregnant? Did you have many early symptoms in that pregnancy? Um, I found out when I was about five weeks pregnant. Um, my period is pretty regular. Um, yeah. But I just, I didn't realize I was probably like four, four days late. Um, and I just didn't realize. And um, I remember I was sitting with a work colleague of mine having lunch um, and she had pasta and I was like, I kept complaining and I was like, your lunch smells really disgusting. <laughs> um, and then I went to go and eat my lunch and I was like, oh my God, my lunch is disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were sitting outside and there was like people next to us smoking and I was like, oh my God, that's so just like, I was just like, everything is disgusting. And she looked at me and she was like, something's wrong with you and I was like what do you mean she's like something's wrong with you like why are you acting like that and I was like no like I'm fine um and then I went home that day and I was like oh like I haven't had my period that's really weird um and my ex-partner worked at a hospital and so he picked up some pregnancy tests on the way home and I kind of just thought like there's no way I'm pregnant like this yeah. is just we're doing this for a laugh um but yeah I was pregnant <laughs> and yeah it was pretty shocking yeah. <laughs> yeah and how were you feeling throughout the rest of your pregnancy did you sort of have many other symptoms that popped up apart from um a growing bump um I had all day like nausea like I never yeah. threw up and it was the same with um, my pregnancy with Bowie um but with Eli it lasted only like for um the like the first trimester so like the 12 weeks yeah, um okay. so yeah it's pretty nauseous um that was like pretty much the only symptoms that I had really like just really fatigued really nauseous yeah. um I was in that kind of first trimester over like quite a big um, holiday period and my work closed for like three weeks so I just remember those three weeks just like laying in bed not moving <laughs> doing anything <laughs> apart from um, trying to eat the only thing that I could eat at the time was oranges um, <laughs> but yeah that was like pretty much the only symptoms that I had um, with Eli that pregnancy was pretty straightforward yeah, um, yeah. I guess until I got to about the third trimester and I started getting like this really weird pain I remember in like the top right part of my belly and when mm. I think about it now I think it was just my body like stretching yeah um, but at the time I was like obviously like being in the third trimester as well just a bit mindful that it could be something that was concerning um, and so I ended up having lots of trips to emergency um, with that pain um but from that they actually because they were doing like multiple tests trying to figure out what was going on they actually found out that I had um low platelets and right. that's something that I get um during pregnancy because I had the same thing happen with Bowie um and basically like you don't actually get any symptoms with having low platelets it just means that it can be quite um dangerous as you get closer to delivery if you're yeah. wanting to get like an epidural or um you know if you ended up getting like a a c-section because it's essentially is what helps your blood clot yeah okay. um yeah. yeah and so I was referred to an obstetrician um and they basically at first were just sort of like monitoring I was getting like weekly blood tests um and then as I got pretty close to my due date they were like okay um like your levels, because your levels can literally change in a day. Like you could go from um, 80, which is like kind of okay, to like 60, which is like pretty concerning. Um, and I think mine went as low as 60 with Eli's pregnancy. Yeah. And so they got me on the steroid medication. Um, and so that helped get it up like over the line. And so everything was like pretty, um, looking pretty good, um, except for that I got really bad side effects um from that medication oh, no. um yeah and that kind of, that kind of happened um after I'd given birth so it was like a mixture of 
baby blues and like being a first time mum and then um getting these really crazy side effects from this medication. So I actually, it's like very rare for this to happen. Um, but I was like hallucinating, like hearing voices. I had insomnia. Oh God. Um, <laughs> and the thing that made it worse was that um, the obstetrician didn't let me know that that was a potential side effect. Uh. Um, yeah. And so I actually thought I was literally going crazy. So I, w- I didn't say anything to anyone. Um about that because I was like oh if, what if I say something and then you know like my baby gets taken away um so yeah that was crazy but um yeah I mean that was pretty much the only kind of things that happened in terms of my pregnancy with Eli yeah and were you still in Melbourne were you planning on staying in Melbourne for the birth yep so I had Eli in Melbourne yeah awesome and um, did, I know the care system's yeah. like a little bit different there to what it is here yeah. so did you choose to go with like a public hospital midwife or um obstetrician or how did you sort of work that out yeah um yeah it's quite different yeah. um I actually preferred the New Zealand system yeah with Bowie um I went public um with both pregnancies with Eli um I just went yeah public and so the way that they do it is um your doctor refers you you get a letter like from the hospital that's like um the closest to um whatever like council district you're in um and so I was with Royal Women's um and pretty much like you would go to these appointments like sit and wait like um like kind of like grab a number like sit and wait and every single time you would see like a different midwife Mm. and you'd be like explaining the same thing it was yeah yeah, not great I didn't enjoy it um but obviously when I when they found out about the low platelets then I was referred to an obstetrician yeah and so it was almost like a blessing in disguise because then it was like I was seeing like the same person and I was like this is so nice um except for the fact that my obstetrician was on holiday when I gave birth (laughs) so the midwives that I had at my birth were again um people that I'd never met before so Yeah. yeah it's it's quite strange how they do it there and I think that's why a lot of people um do go private but in saying that the care level there was like amazing like Royal Women's is such a beautiful hospital um so yeah I mean I guess with that pregnancy it was fairly straightforward besides the platelets um so it was fine um but yeah I definitely prefer the system in New Zealand it just feels more personal because you're just seeing like the same midwives all the time yeah 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 cool and did you do the sort of standard testing that was offered throughout your pregnancy did you find out the sex and everything like that Yep, so did all the standard testing, um, found out the sex. I definitely have no, like, not enough self-control to not. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, was pretty excited to find out um, what I was having. was convinced that I was having a little girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it seems to not be the case with me. I seem to just have boys, which is, yeah. I love that now, though. Um, but yeah, did all the standard testing. I mean, the only additional testing that I had obviously was when, um, we found out about the platelets and I had to do like, um, a weekly blood test. Um, but yeah, I did all the just standard testing that they offered in Australia. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And what about, um, antenatal or birth classes or any birth education? Did you do any of that? Um, I didn't. So my whole thing, I was really scared, um, about giving birth. And so my whole thing was like, if I go into this naive and I just listen <laughs> to what the midwives and doctors tell me to do yeah. and I just like let my body do its thing, like surely we're just, you know, like we're built to do this. It's fine. Um, everything's going to be fine. I just didn't <laughs> want to hear like crazy birth stories or like yeah. potential things that could go wrong. I just kind of wanted to go in there and like trust the medical team. Um, and to be honest, that's exactly what I did. And it kind of worked out. Yeah. Um, pretty well for me but I did do a bit of like self-education around just preparing a little bit for the postpartum period yeah um just things around like um you know making those like padsicles with like hazel and um (laughs) aloe vera gel and all those sorts of things um and I read up a little bit on breastfeeding and a bit around sleep yeah um but I I didn't I didn't want to like over read I didn't want to like over educate yeah. myself. Yeah. Like I was just like, surely I'll just be able to know what to do as a mum. I do wish that I read up a bit more around my mental health um, yeah. in that postpartum period because it like it absolutely rocked me that first time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like in saying that, 
I I kind of learned on the go postpartum anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I I actually didn't do um, any classes with Bowie either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And what about in preparation for birth? Did you do any of the like raspberry leaf tea, eating the dates, anything like that? Um, yeah. So I was four days overdue with Eli, and he was huge. He was four kgs, and my bump was insane and I was very over it and I was very dark when I got to my due day and he hadn't arrived um so I was like okay like what do I need to be doing like I was like going we lived in an apartment so I was like walking up the stairs like um I did castor oil yeah um which is like I think I think quite a like old wives Mm. tale type of thing so I had a lot of castor oil, which is disgusting, and it also didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, I tried the raspberry leaf tea. That also didn't do anything. Um, my mum suggest- suggested having sex. I was like, no, I'm <laughs> massive. Like, it's not happening. Um, and, yeah, so nothing worked. Um, I guess being on that steroid medication, they were quite concerned about me being on it for an extended period of time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they, um, I was booked in for an induction. So I went in on my due date to see my obstetrician, um, and he booked me in, I think for like two, two or three days later for, um, yeah, to get induced. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what kicked off my labor with Eli. Yeah. Awesome. And do you want to take us through sort of that process and then into your birth story? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, as I said, booked in for, um, the induction period so the plan was kind of like you got we go in first thing in the morning um and they started off with um I think just like examining me yeah to see if like I had maybe started um dilated or the birth had kind of started to kick off on its own and it hadn't he was very comfy in there um but he was engaged and everything was like looking pretty good for um a natural birth um, so they started off with um, the gel. So did that, um, waited a bit, nothing happened, checked me again, nothing happened. I think we probably did like three rounds of gel. I think in New Zealand they do it a bit differently where they put um, like a balloon in as well. Yeah, sometimes um, they but can, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sometimes they do. Um, but in Oz they didn't. So it was like I think like three rounds of gel and just like waiting in between. Um, and yeah, like nothing was happening. He was not coming out. Um, and so, uh, they got me into the birth, it was like nighttime at this point and they got me into the birth suite. Um, and I can't remember if they, um, put me on, um, what is it? Is it called? Is it sailing or, um, oh, what's, what's that thing? To induce your labor? To like really get, yes, yes, yes. Symposin. Um, yes, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah. So they popped me on, I don't know if it popped me on that or if they broke my waters first, um, but either way, it, they broke my waters. Um, I was hooked up to that and yeah, I was just kind of then just sitting um, on the bed, like waiting. Yeah. Um, I did not experience early labor at all with that induction. Um, <laughs> I literally went from like laying on the bed feeling absolutely nothing yeah. to like full-blown active labor and I thought that, that that was normal yeah right um but after Bowie's birth I'm like oh my gosh that was not normal yeah. um so yeah my labor my labor was really quick um I had this big idea that like I'd be able to like move around and I'd be able to use like a gym ball yeah. and like maybe I'd <clears throat> even get to like labor in the bath um but none of that happened I honestly I, I labored on one side I could not move the contractions were horrific I was getting like double contractions um his birth was very quick it was four hours and that's like pretty quick for a first um like a first birth um so yeah it was really hard and fast um I was pretty adamant on not taking any um pain relief um mostly because I'm really scared of needles (laughs) so for me I was like I'd rather just feel the contractions and have like the epidural in my back I was absolutely terrified um and I think like to be honest I got to a point where because it was so intense like I didn't even know that like whether or not I had taken drugs because I just (laughs) felt like I was on another planet um 
but yeah, so I labored for four hours and then, um, I, yeah, like I was ready to push. Um, and I think it was like three pushes and yeah, Eli was born. Yeah. So pretty straightforward. I, um, I didn't tear, which is crazy because he was a four kg baby with a very large <laughs> yeah. head. Um, but because he was overdue, he actually cut me internally on the way yeah. out. So I was bleeding and they couldn't understand like why I was bleeding or where it was coming right. from. Um, so I did get stitches, but it was internal, um, which was fine. I, at that point, didn't, like could not feel anything because yeah. the pain of um, birth was so horrific. <laughs> but yeah, so he was born, pulled him out. Um, he was so big. I remember they popped him on my on my chest and <laughs> my first thought was like well he's so yeah. big like I can't believe he's a newborn yeah. um and he just you know he just came out and he looked like looked me straight in the eye and he just went on and lapped straight away and he fed for two hours um after birth yeah. while they were stitching me up and um yeah that's that's pretty much <laughs> that birth story pretty pretty straightforward yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome and how long did you stay in the hospital for um, I think I stayed maybe like three nights yeah. and I think that's pretty standard in Australia. Yeah. So in Oz, you don't go to birth care. It's like they have like one level where you're um, in like a birthing suite and then they literally just take you up um, to the top to your hospital room, um, which I essentially would think it would be the same way that birth care set up. I don't yeah, know. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty, pretty standard, um, to be in hospital for three nights if you've had like a pretty normal yeah. birth. Um, yeah. Awesome. Cool. And how did you find going home and obviously such a huge adjustment with a newborn and just trying to find your way yeah. as a mum? So how did you find that? And did you experience the baby blues? What was all that like? I had a really difficult time postpartum with Eli, um, uh, obviously I was getting those side effects from the medication. So Eli yeah. was like a really easy newborn. He was like, it was like he came out and he was in a routine. He would literally just wake up every three hours for a feed. And that was it. And he like never cried. He, yeah, he was just an absolute dream. So you would think like that experience would be quite easy. I had a pretty straightforward birth, um, you know, like I had a really easy baby, but um, I had insomnia and was hearing voices in those yeah, first, yeah. Um, that first like week. And I, I didn't understand why um, on top of, um, I, I think that I definitely had uh, postnatal depression when I like look back on it, but it was never yeah. diagnosed. And I, I did, I just didn't seek the, the support and help that I needed. Mm. Um, and then obviously being quite young and being a first time mum and being in another country as well. I had my mum, my mum come over for the birth and she was amazing um during the birth but um obviously she had to come back to New Zealand so like we were pretty much on our own and like didn't have much of a support mm. network um and so I really I was just winging like absolutely winging it um yeah. and yeah I mean that the first hurdle was the fact that I had insomnia so my baby was sleeping and I could essentially be getting like the best sleep but I was like eyes wide open and um, I was I would get very triggered by the sound of um, his crying and obviously I think it was because the lack of sleep was just so bad for me um, mm. and breastfeeding was really like I found breastfeeding really difficult um, yeah. Eli he had a good latch but he I don't like I don't know if it was like a mixture of like I had so much milk like I was like spraying everywhere it was crazy but he would like latch on and then he would make this funny like sound like he was choking and then he would like whip his head back um mm. and then he would like latch back on and I I still like to this day don't really know what that was like took him mm. to the doctor midwives and stuff like that and I thought maybe he was tongue-tied but they were like no he's not like because he's latching on fine um I don't know but he would just make this horrific like <laughs> sound when he was feeding um, yeah. <laughs> which was quite concerning for a first time mum. It just sounded like I was choking him. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, so that was really hard. And then, um, I eventually like said to my partner, like, I'm, there's something wrong. Like I'm hearing, I'm hearing like a popping yeah. noise. I keep hearing like a, a lady whispering in my ear. Um, and yeah. I, <laughs> I did like a quick Google search and found like all these crazy articles of people that had been on that same medication and had really bad symptoms. Right. 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, okay, it's fine. So I went to the doctor um, just to kind of follow up and be like, this is what's going on. And then he just confirmed that, yeah, like that's like very like worst case scenario symptoms that can happen. Um, and he was like, okay, like um, you're weaning off it anyway. There's really like nothing else that you can do. And once yeah. I weaned off it, like I was totally fine. Like I was able to sleep. Um and like I obviously wasn't hearing voices, so that was fine. But I, yeah, as I said, I definitely had postnatal depression. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I, but I had it in a really weird way. Like, I, I, I felt like I couldn't cry, and I felt like I, I couldn't admit that I was struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that that made it a lot harder as well. Um, yeah. and then just as I was getting the knack of breastfeeding, um, I think Eli was about two weeks old, and I got an infection. And so mm-hmm. I had to go on antibiotics. And so it meant that we had to put him on formula for a week. And that obviously impacted my milk supply. Um, I mean, I was trying to like pump and like keep it going. But pump, like sometimes pumping is so <laughs> relentless. You, you'd rather just like pop the baby on the boob. Yeah. Um, but yeah. obviously I couldn't do that. And so when, after I'd finished my round of antibiotics and was able to um, start breastfeeding again, like my milk supply just was never the same. Um, and yeah. so I decided to actually mix feed, but that actually was quite a good decision because it really helped with um Eli um sleeping like longer during the night so what I would do is I would give him um a bottle at at like seven o'clock and um then I would do like a a dream feed and yeah that really helped with like his sleeping and so that was quite good um but yeah it was my postpartum journey with Eli was really really hard um I also just wasn't in a very healthy relationship um yeah and so yeah I just didn't feel supported at, at all yeah yeah that, that sounds really really difficult I can't even imagine um all of that on top of just looking after a newborn and trying to look after yourself so yeah I am um, yeah. I really feel for you in that situation for sure um and I guess how did you find like the actual physical recovery from birth so um yeah I guess a vaginal birth and everything like that how did you find that mm-hmm. Um, I mean, besides getting that infection at two weeks, like pretty fine. Like, um, yeah. my, my stitches were like, no problem. I mean, like the initial things, like, you know, the first time you go to the toilet and stuff like that's yeah. hard, but, yeah. um, in general, yeah, like fine. Um, I found though that, um, breastfeeding really depleted me Yeah, and maybe thinking about it now, probably wasn't getting the right, like enough nutrients in my body mm-hmm. to support, um, my breast, my breastfeeding. Um, so yeah. physically, I've, it wasn't so much the birth that was hard. I think my body healed fine from the birth, but I think, as I said, like I wasn't in a healthy relationship. So I think my external environment and like just the stress mm-hmm. of um, probably having postnatal depression and not dealing with it, and then I think, um, yeah, just feeling really drained from breastfeeding is what made things a bit harder. But I think yeah. like my body was like fine really because my birth was fairly straightforward yeah yeah awesome cool and then do you want to take us through I guess there's quite an age gap between Eli and Bowie so do you want to take us through um, your journey to pregnancy this time around and what that was like yeah so um me and Eli's dad split up when he was about eight months old and I was a single parent from eight months old till um, I met my partner now last year yeah so yeah a really long time and that's obviously why there was an age gap um I'd always kind of want like when I had Eli I thought like you know we'd have I'd have another baby like two or three years later um but that obviously didn't happen um which was fine I kind of got to a point where I was like oh you know like I'm one and done but like if I meet someone who wants to um have kids like totally open to it um so yeah I met my I met my partner Jacob last year um and we actually had an unplanned pregnancy and um found out at about I was like four weeks pregnant and then a week later we actually miscarried um the baby yeah and so that was um yeah that was really hard and quite shocking I think I think especially for me because I like with Eli it was unplanned I never went through that kind of journey of you know, trying. So I didn't, yeah. I, I, I could never really understand when my girlfriends would talk about, you know, we're trying for a baby and it's not happening. Like I just yeah. could never relate to that. And so when I had the miscarriage, it was, 
um, it was really early on in our relationship. So a part of me was relieved because I just didn't want to start our relationship, like another relationship with someone that I really saw a future with, yeah. um, with another kind of unplanned pregnancy. Cause I felt like, Oh my God, is this history repeating itself? But yeah, then at the yeah. same time, I felt re- I felt really sad. And I also felt like my body had like betrayed me in a way. Yeah. So I was like, well, I've, you know, I've had a baby before and I had a yeah. healthy baby, like, how how is this happening yeah um so that happened and then then we kind of sat down and we were like okay like what do we do now because we'd obviously like planned on like moving in together and like setting things up for that baby and then it was kind of like oh okay well do we still do all of that like do we move in do we try for a baby like what what do we do and then we obviously decided that that was what we wanted um we wanted to try for a baby and so um yeah we obviously like tracked my cycle and all that and we fell pregnant with Bowie on the first go um which was amazing um and then we we spent that first kind of um 12 weeks pretty scared that we would miscarry yeah um obviously because of what happened with the pregnancy before and so when we had that first game we were just so relieved to like see our baby and you know like be like, oh my gosh, okay, he's he's actually in there. Like, yeah, that was super exciting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the start of that. Yeah, cool. And how did you find this pregnancy? Was it much different to your first? Yeah. So ironically, this pregnancy was a lot harder. Yeah. Um, and like for complete opposite reasons. So. I'm, in this instance, it was like my external environment was super supportive, like in a really healthy relationship, like, um, you know, like so much support around us and being a bit older, like, I, you know, there's a lot of people around us who are having babies and it's like, it feels a bit more like the right time to be having a baby. Yeah. Um, uh, but I don't know, I guess um, I was reading this, this book, I can't remember the name, but I was talking about how we hold um trauma in our we hold trauma in our room as women Mm, um and I think what happened to me is that um being pregnant maybe triggered all the trauma that I kind of went through in um the relationship of my first pregnancy and like what was happening around me um and I had um antenatal depression um and I guess this time because I had the support around me and people around me, I got help. And so um, I was referred to maternal mental health and went on antidepressants. And I'm so glad I did because once I did, I was like, wow, like I didn't know how bad it was. I was really struggling. Um, And I I couldn't understand why I was like, I'm like, I'm happy, but I'm like, something's not right. Um, And I think like that's a, that's a really weird thing and maybe something that's not spoken about is like yeah you can like it felt like almost like an out-of-body experience I was like I'm happy but like I just don't feel like myself like yeah yeah. so um I'm really grateful that I had like amazing people around me um to help me through that um Bowie's Bowie's pregnancy was quite complicated um at the start like my all-day nausea like uh, it lasted probably till about 22 weeks yeah so a bit longer than with Eli um and I just I never felt right like even from the beginning and I just thought oh like maybe it's because I'm older like my body's older I've already got Eli to look after um but yeah I guess later on we sort of found out why I was just really struggling and I was carrying really big as well. And again, I thought, you know, this is just what happens with the second pregnancy. And um, Eli was quite big and probably just having another big baby. Um, but at about 30 weeks, I found out that I had um, polyhydramnios, mm-hmm. which is um, excess fluid. And then again, at 30 weeks, they te- they they do a full blood count or they, they do some blood test that um, picks up the platelets. Yeah. So again, they were like, oh, okay, you've got um, low platelets, which I with that, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I understand all that, like I've been through that. But in this pregnancy, the low platelets actually became like a, re- a really big issue at the birth. Um, so with the polyhydramnios, my midwife um, checked me and she was like, I can't tell if you're um, like you're, you're measuring three weeks ahead and I can't tell if your baby's big or 
if there's lots of fluid because I'm feeling a lot, a lot of fluid. So you're going to have to go for a scan. So I went for a scan and um, sure enough, I confirmed that it was polyhydramnios. Um, I think it was the first day I had the scan. And then on the weekend, I started to feel um, shortness of breath. Yeah. And so I messaged my midwife and I was like, I feel shortness of breath. And she was like, okay, you have to go into emergency. So I went into emergency, um, had to do a COVID test <laughs> because that, you know, the times that we live in. Um, and so you did that, was an emergency. They did all these tests. We were there for like the whole day. Um, and they were just yeah running through a whole bunch of tests. Um, and that kind of fast-tracked, I guess, um, them investigating the polyhydramnios yeah. as referred to the high-risk team. Um, and I went in on, like, I think it was a Tuesday and spent the whole day there, more tests, more scans, kind of just um, going through the list of possibilities. So the thing with polyhydramnios is that um, you have to find, I guess, the, the reason as to why you have the fluid. Um, so one of the reasons is that there could be something wrong with the baby. Another reason could be gestational diabetes, which I didn't have, um, and my sugar levels were, like, good yeah um so it wasn't that and so yeah they were pretty much just going through like the list of things it's pretty scary like I did a quick google um and yeah uh, a lot of there was like lots of complications like around the birth like um the if if you try to give birth naturally like potentially the cord could wrap around the baby's head um I, one of the worst complications is a stillbirth yeah um and so, yeah, we had like a two-week period where we were doing all these tests and just lots of waiting around. It was really hard because um, we were like, you know, like we've been told that our baby's healthy, like the whole mm -hmm. pregnancy, like, and he he was su like such a mover. Oh, my gosh, he honestly, from the first time I felt him kick, which was so early on, mm -hmm. um, I think I was maybe like 16 weeks when I first felt Bowie kick yeah. um, till like pretty much um, delivery. He was just such a mover. Um, so yeah, I was just like, that's so weird. Like surely there's nothing wrong with him. Like what's causing this? Another thing that can cause it is just like nothing. Like it can just happen and then, um, it's fine. And there's actually like no effect to you or the baby. Um, so I think after that two week period, um, they found that the fluid had reduced and they couldn't find anything wrong with Bowie. They couldn't find anything wrong with me that could have been potentially causing it. And so it was kind of like everyone was like, okay, cool. Like you don't actually have polyhydramnios anymore. You've just got a bit of extra fluid, but it's in like the normal range. Um, and if anything, you'd rather have more fluid than less because if you have less, obviously they've got to get the baby out sooner. Um, and so we felt pretty relieved for a while and then things went on and I guess they gave me like a couple of checks, um, if certain things happened. So like, um, if I felt like I was, um, just all of a sudden getting like feeling a lot bigger, yeah. um, in my belly or things were feeling like a lot tighter to, um, just let them know, go into emergency. Um, also if I was to, if my waters were to break, um, to lie down and call the ambulance, that was another thing. Um, and yeah, they were just, they were just like, look, like it's fine. Um, if anything, when your waters break, there's just going to be a lot of fluid that comes out. Um, and so that was all good. And so, yeah, we thought everything was fine. Um, I went for a follow-up checkup um, a couple of weeks later. And then um, I had also um, the high risk team contacting me um, just about the platelets and how we were managing that. And I obviously let them know um, how I was on the medication um, the first time with Eli. And so they put me on a lower dose. And we were just trying to manage that to make sure that I wouldn't get those um, side effects again. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was on, um, I think I started, I started that medication about two days before I went into the hospital and gave birth to Bowie. Um, and they put me on like half the dosage and yeah, they would again, like same thing. Like I was just going in for a um, weekly blood test prior and just like monitoring. So when I, yeah. And so it was like about two days of being, on that steroid medication and I was feeling fine but I, I knew I'd feel fine it's just more I think being on a high dose and being on it for a long period of time is maybe what caused the side effects mm -hmm. the first time yeah. um and so yeah so two days later um Bowie's fetal movements decreased um which was weird because as I said, he moved yeah. a lot. Like you could almost see like his foot and his hand and he was doing like flips in there. It was crazy. 
um, and yet his fetal movement reduced. Um, and I didn't really notice it as much because that day we were quite busy. Yeah. I had like my family over putting up like a basketball hoop for mm-hmm. Eli and um, Eli had just started primary school. So like that was really full on. Um, but I noticed at, um, I noticed at night that, um, yeah, like he, he was the most active during like from about nine till 12 at night and he just, he was moving, but at, like not as much. Yeah. Um, but because he was still moving, I thought like, okay, like th- surely this is fine. Um, the next morning I, um, took Eli to school, um, went and grab, grabbed a coffee, um, had like a, a breakfast by myself. Um, and I was like, oh, that's weird. Like I just had a coffee. I've had like a cold juice. I've had food and I've not felt him move. Like that's really weird. So I went home, um, and I was like moving. Uh, no, sorry. I wasn't moving around. I went home and I thought I'll lie down. Like, you know, surely he'll move when I'm like nice and relaxed and he still wasn't moving. And then I was like, okay, this is really weird. So I messaged my midwife and she called me and she was like, you need to go to the hospital right now. Um, and luckily my partner was on his way home. Um, and he, and I messaged him and I was like, okay, like my midwife was like, you need to go to the hospital right now because Bowie's not moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, cool. I'm actually on my way home. We can go together. So we went in, um, and we went into, um, like the, the high risk unit. Um, and yeah, they, they were like pretty like early on, they were like, look, we don't usually say this, but, um, you're like, they, they put me up on uh, machines were monitoring Bowie and stuff. And it was reassuring hearing his heartbeat. Like, okay, he's alive. That's good. Um, but very quickly they were like, look, you you guys are not leaving the hospital without a Mm -hmm. baby. Um, and we don't usually say that when there's um, reduced fetal movement, but something's happening and we need to figure out what's going on. Um, so the first thing that they did was we got a scan. Um, and I had literally gotten a scan the Tuesday. This was the Thursday. And on the Tuesday, it was just like the follow-up checkup to, to see that everything yeah. was all right, like, and that I didn't have excess fluid and, and Bowie was fine. And he was fine. He was also measuring, and I guess this is an estimate, but he was measuring 3.3 kgs, which is like very, like, average size baby. And he was tracking like the entire pregnancy, very like normal yeah. size. And then the Thursday, um, when he was born, he was a surprise 2.66 kgs. Um, and when we had the scan, when we first went in, like it, they still didn't pick up that he was really small. Um, but what they did pick up was that, um, there was something happening with one of the Dopplers. And, um, what happens is that when babies aren't getting enough of what they need from the placenta, they start to overcompensate. So he was getting a lot of blood, um, going through to his head. And I was like, Oh my God, like what is happening? But they were like, no, no, like just cause that's happening doesn't mean that, you know, um, he's going to have any brain damage yes. or anything like that. It just means that he's overcompensating and like, we're going to monitor it. Um, so after that went back into the room, um, lots more monitoring. Um, and then they, uh, one of the doctors came in and did a, uh, vaginal examination, um, to see if they could break my waters. And, um, like it just wasn't, wasn't ready. Like, I guess because I was 38 weeks, um, you know, things was like, my cervix was just not ready. Um, but because I had had a baby before, um, the vaginal examination was actually enough to actually kickstart my labor. So they checked me again, I think maybe like two hours later and the doctor was like, Oh, like you, um, like your cervix is open. Like we can, we can actually break your waters. Um, and they explained that, yeah, like, you know, because I'd had a baby before, um, it doesn't take much to kind of get the body going the second time. Like the body just kind of knows what to do. Um, and so they got me ready to move to the delivery suite um, where they were going to break my waters. Um, and obviously I'd had my waters broken before with Eli. So I thought, oh, like, like that's fine. It's like, it's kind of like, it's uncomfortable, but it's like not super painful. Meanwhile, it was like the most painful experience. <laughs> um, so um, I guess, again, because like I was 38 weeks, my body wasn't fully ready. Um, my cervix was posterior and there was like, um, I remember there was like four or five people standing around me, like trying to break my waters and like it was just not happening. It took so long. It was so painful. 
Um, and because of the, the excess fluid, what they had to do was it was like an assisted um, yeah. water breaking. So they basically had to have someone um, like pushing Bowie down to make sure that the cord wouldn't wrap around when my, my yeah, um, right. waters broke because yeah. of the fluid. So they had to make sure that he was like really engaged. Um, and so, yeah, they had someone like pushing down, like pushing Bowie down while <laughs> they're trying to break my water. Um, and so then eventually my waters break and it's like the biggest waterfall oh, you've gosh. ever seen. Um, but <laughs> Bowie wasn't moving the whole day and he decided, okay, like this is the best mm. time for me to move. He moved and he actually became breached just after they mm. broke my waters. Um, and yeah, and so they had to turn him back around and pretty much like engage him yeah. down. Um, which was so painful. Um, and at that point, I had wished that I had taken the epidural that they <laughs> offered me right at the beginning. <laughs> I hadn't, and I was just laying there breathing through everything. It was so painful, um, almost probably more painful than the contractions, honestly. Um, so, yeah, that happened, and there was just so much fluid. I think they had to change my bed like four times. It was crazy. Um, but, yeah, so then he was engaged, and then um, I was hooked up to um, an IV again um, and yeah the induction um, continued from there um, but Bowie didn't like the contractions so every time my body would contract his heart rate would drop um, but uh, it wasn't like at first it wasn't he was like I guess recovering really quickly from the heart rate dropping so they were just like monitoring and then just like upping the dosage um, so that I would contract faster but it was also like trying to find the balance between like not having those like really intense like double contractions um because that obviously like Bowie was mm. not enjoying the contractions um but also trying to like speed up the labor um so yeah I labored for about four hours um yeah I, I again didn't take any medication um they kept offering me the epidural they offered me the epidural like right at the start before they were going to take me to break my waters and I was like no I don't want it and my partner looked at me and he was like what like why don't you just take it like what like why would you try and do this naturally like just take it and I said to him I was like no like I just want to do it without it like they're going to keep offering the epidural and you like your job is to say no like you need to say no and he was like I'm probably going to tell them, yes, you, you know, like I'm probably going to tell you, yes, I do it. And I was like, no, like even when I'm like in a lot of pain, like I just want to, I just want to do this naturally because I'd done it before. I was like, I can yeah. do it. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so I uh, labored for four hours and I was in like active labor when they decided that like, nah, it's not some, like this is not safe. It's not safe for me to deliver naturally. And we were going to do an emergency C-section. Um, and I, I was quite disappointed to be honest um I just really wanted to like push Bowie out I was like mm -hmm. I've done it before like surely I can do it again like my body knows how to do it um but I very quickly had to just let go of that expectation and just do what was going to be the safest for me and Bowie um so yeah so they got us all like prepared for the emergency um c-section uh when I'd had discussions with the team um around what would happen in terms of my platelets and epidurals and c-sections and things like that um something that we discussed was um being put under general yeah. anesthetic um and I just um because at the time at that time I um was going through like all that kind of like mental health stuff. I was quite anxious about um, being awake um, during my C-section. So I um, had a, a, quite a big talk about like the risks and things like that. But when we actually went to go and do the emergency C-section, the doctors were like, look, the best way for us to do this is for you to get a spinal injection um, because the baby's obviously already compromised. We don't want to add the fact that he could potentially come out sleepy from being put under general anesthetic um and but they were like it's up to you like um you know we do need you to consent for it um and I was like okay I'm just like let's just do that like I just obviously want to do what's best for the baby um and so yeah I signed the papers and they got ready for the spinal I was so scared about getting that spinal injection like I was like in full active labor and I was like no no like I'm ha like the the midwife kept saying like once we do the spinal, like you're 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 not going to feel the contractions, and I was just like, I'm happy to feel the contractions. Like I don't want the spinal. I was so scared. Um, but the team was so supportive. I remember one of the nurses was like, hold my hand, like squeeze. 
um, and she was like, that's, that's a terrible squeeze, like squeeze my hand harder. And I was just like looking at my partner, like just terrified, like leaning over while they were doing the spinal. So they did the spinal and uh, it's like, honestly, like 2020 is just the year of like everything going wrong. My body didn't go numb. Um, and they were like, like they were rubbing um, ice all up and down my body. And obviously, like at this point, it being an emergency C-section, like it, you know, the, there was a ticking time bomb to get Bowie out safely. So it was like very crazy. There was so many people in the room. Like it just honestly felt mm-hmm. like a movie. Like I, I kept being like, I'm not numb. Like I'm not going numb at all. Like um, you know, when you go to the dentist and they start like the numbing medication, you start to feel the tingling. And I was like, I'm feeling nothing. Like, I'm, I'm absolutely not numb. They were like, can you move your legs? I'm like, yes, I can move my entire body. Like, I'm not numb. And so very quickly it went from um, and like a normal C-section to um, general being put um, under general anesthetic. So I was put to sleep, which meant that my partner couldn't be in the room. Um, and so, yeah, that, that yeah. was hard as well. Um, so yeah, he said goodbye to me and then they put me under general anesthetic, which also was so crazy. Like <laughs> you feel like you're choking. Um, and then you're like looking around and it's like all these bright lights and like people like moving really quickly. Um, and I was really scared as well about like how I would feel when I woke up. Um, but yeah, so that happened and it was actually a blessing that I was put under mm. general anesthetic because I was put under that. I was un, um, under a lot more monitoring. Um, and what had happened is my platelets had dropped to 50, which was, which is horrifically low. Like safe is like kind of safe is 80 and safe is like above a hundred. So 50 is like horrifically low. Um, and my, they, they got Bowie out. Um, he didn't breathe for the first six minutes. Um, he was super sleep, sleepy and floppy and they didn't understand why. And then my uterus didn't want to contract back. So naturally, if that had happened to someone who didn't have the low platelets issue, they would have lost about like yeah. a litre of blood. But because my body didn't want to clot at all, I lost about 3.3 yeah. litres of blood. Um, and they had to put, yeah, they had to put um, like a, a balloon in my uterus. Um, yeah, I don't know, somehow to like manage the blood. But yeah, they would have been like pumping my yeah. body like crazy. So it was really a blessing that I was under general anesthetic mm-hmm. because one, they were able to pick up that my platelets had dropped. And then two, like, could you imagine like me and my partner like laying there, like, you know, the baby comes out and then like seeing the doctor be like, oh my God, like he's not breathing and then him not breathing for six yeah. minutes. And then like yeah. the chaos of like losing all this blood. I would have been super traumatic. I mean, it it was pro- like very traumatic for my partner because he didn't know what was happening. Um, so like C-sections are meant to be really quick and um, he like didn't know what was happening yeah. for like an hour, was like just waiting outside, like no idea, like wasn't allowed to see me, wasn't allowed to see Bowie, had no idea what was happening. Um, I woke up about three hours later um, and as I said before, I was quite scared about like how I would feel when I woke up, but I guess they managed, they managed it really well because I woke yeah. up and I felt fine. I was obviously on like happy drugs. Um, I had like three IV lines in me. Um, I was hooked up to a morph- morphine pump. Um, and yeah, I was just like in this like new room, um, with this lovely nurse that was just checking on me and seeing if I was okay. And I was like, I just, I just want to see my partner. Like where's, mm-hmm. where's Jake? Um, and so, yeah, they, they called for him um, to come and see me. And he was like, I was like, oh, like, have you seen him? Like, what, what does he look like? And he was like, oh, he's so beautiful, but um, they don't know what's wrong with him. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, he's really tiny. He's 2.66 kgs. And I was like, what do you mean? Like my, my belly when I was pregnant with Bowie was bigger yeah. than it was with Eli. I looked like I had twins. Yeah. It was insane. So in my mind, I thought I was going to actually have a surprise, mm-hmm. really massive baby. Um, so when he said that Bowie was 2.66 kgs, I was like, yeah. what do you mean? Like he was 3.3 kgs at the scan on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy. Um, and he was like, yeah, like he didn't breathe for the first six minutes. I don't know what's wrong with him. And I think it was good that I was on all those happy drugs because I was like, oh, like he's <laughs> in the best care. Like it's going to be fine. I just didn't, yeah. I didn't really realize what had happened to him and I didn't actually know what had happened to me at that point like I didn't know that I'd lost all that blood I just thought like um yeah like I don't know I just thought that everything went fine and I guess now okay well there's something wrong with Bowie that's really strange um 
but yeah and then so I I got to see Bowie I think an hour or two after that um met him through like I touched him for the first time through an incubator um again like I was fine with what was happening because I was one extremely exhausted and Mm. two obviously on lots of drugs (laughs) um and so yeah I went back to my room and my partner spent a lot of time um with Bowie and Niku and I was in like a high risk ward and so I had like a midwife pretty much with me 24 7 um and so yeah I the next I think it was like the next day at about midday I got to actually like hold Bowie and like feed him for the first time um and I remember just before that, like when I woke up, um, the midwife explained like what had happened, mm-hmm. like that I'd lost a lot of blood and um, like why I was in that high risk ward. Um, and again, like I, I don't think I was processing anything because I was just like, oh, like we're getting the best care, like everything's fine. And um, like, to be honest, like that's true. Like the, the midwives in the high risk units were honestly just the mm-hmm. most incredible humans I'd ever met. Like, they they would say such encouraging things like you've done a great job and I didn't really understand why everyone was saying that and um you know like just they were just so kind and um a lot of them were giving me lots of permission to cry and um just feel like they were like you've been through a lot Mm -hmm. and you know like it was just really nice getting like just those kind words um so yeah, I went I went to go and meet Bowie and the doctor there said, look, like, don't feel bad if you're not able to feed him. Your body's lost a lot of blood. The last thing it's mm-hmm. going to want to do is produce breast milk. And I was um, pretty adamant that I wanted to feed him because I thought, you know, that's going to be something that's yeah. going to be healing for both of us. And he didn't get skin to skin, you know, like he didn't get that first feed. Like, I, I need to do that. Like, I don't care how tired I am. And I was so exhausted. <laughs> oh, there he is. um I was so exhausted from everything that I was like I had like the doctor like holding my boob and like holding Bowie onto me and I was like falling in and out of sleep but I was just so happy I was so happy that I got to finally touch my baby and then I got to feed him and my body was actually producing milk and he just latched on perfectly which again was like such a miracle because it's like he had gone through so much like I had gone through so much um but I could not keep my eyes open my partner walked in and I was like like (laughs) sleeping and Bowie was feeding on me um but yeah that was amazing like I was just I was just so happy to like meet him properly um and he was doing really well when I saw him in Niku I kind of dropped all expectations and I just told myself like okay like this is going to be really hard and you know like we're probably going to be visiting our baby for the first few months of his life and that wasn't the case like he just he recovered really quickly he was off um he was breathing on his own but I think like maybe this yeah. this second or third day um so yeah he he recovered really well like they didn't they hmm. still don't know like what had happened to him and why he was so floppy and drowsy like it was all pretty like unexplained and um I mean he's a perfectly normal baby besides the fact that he's yeah. small for gestational age um but yeah, he's feeding really well. Like he's absolutely thriving. He's like a totally normal baby. Passed all his tests. He's super alert. Like it's like yeah. Um, the midwife had said that obviously he wasn't getting enough. Um, mm. there, there obviously was something happening between um, him and the placenta. The fact that he was small, but it just yeah. was not picked up on all the scans that I had, which is yeah. pretty crazy because I had so much tests um, done. And they didn't pick they didn't pick it up. Like it just all kept coming back as like him being normal. Um so yeah, it was good that he, you know, like we went into the hospital and he came out when he did because if he had stayed in, I think, till my due date, yeah. there would have been something yeah. really wrong with him because he wasn't getting obviously nutrients from my placenta. Um but yeah, so breastfed him for about um a week and then um I've I've just been having such a hard time with um breastfeeding and um, my my recovery is going to be like really hard this time, um, and so yeah, I've decided to pop Bowie on formula. But yeah, like he's just—I mean, he just—he fed well on the yeah. boob. He, you know, he took the bottle. Like yeah. he's just—he's such a great <laughs> baby. Like considering yeah the start that we had. Um, but yeah, and now we're home and kind of recovering and on the mend. 
Yeah, and how are you doing? Um, obviously, I know he's only 12 days old. So yeah. um, how are you feeling and, and how's your recovery been? And, yeah, yeah. how are you going? Um, I'm surprised at how good I feel. Like I mentally and physically feel way better than I did with Eli, even though his birth was yeah. straightforward. Um, I think it obviously helps that I'm obviously still on the antidepressants. Um, yeah. I think that's obviously helping me manage um, what I went through during yes, the pregnancy yeah. and then after. So I think that was like a blessing in disguise as well with everything that's happened. Um, but I think, yeah. you know, like we've just got such incredible support. Like our families are on both sides are so hands-on. Um, that's good. Eli, yeah, Eli's like the perfect age. He just loves his little brother. He's not jealous. Like mm-hmm. he just wants to help. Um, he's just so kind and caring. Like I had a couple of days where – um, I was crying because my boobs were sore and I was just feeling a bit upset and everything kind of hit me when I came home. Like I realized what had happened yeah. to me and Bowie and like how scary it all was and, you know, that we could have both, you know, not actually made it out of the hospital. Mm. Um, and I was quite upset. But, it, you know, even even the times that I have cried, this first kind of 12 days, it's felt different to how I felt with Eli like I don't feel like I'm depressed it just feels like that normal change in hormones and everything is happening um and if anything like now that I've had like my couple of days of tears like I actually feel Mm -hmm. really good um so yeah I guess like having all the support makes such a difference and um my midwives are amazing and I think again like just having I've had a lot of permission from everyone to cry and to feel yeah terrible and like ironically because I've had that I don't feel terrible um yeah yeah so yeah um the c-section recovery is obviously quite different to a vaginal mm. birth um I think you know like the team at Auckland Hospital really manage my pain levels really well um, so I think the bulk of the pain that I would have felt was, you know, when I was on morphine for like four days um, and when yeah. I was in hospital. So um, I've definitely had like the first, I'd probably say like five or six days being home. I was in a lot of pain. Um, I had a lot of pain from the spinal injection that didn't work, which is very annoying. Yeah. Um, but, oh, that pain is horrific um, mm. because it's so deep in your spine. It, it doesn't feel like a backache. It feels like your spine's like flopping and your whole body's mm. just breaking. Um, so yeah. that's been really painful. Um, the wound's been kind of like painful, but not anything that's like not manageable. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually getting a lot of rest. So I think, you know, that's um, Good. helping helping that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw a, preg- a um, pregnancy physio um when I was pregnant with Bowie because I had quite bad pelvic pain um and she gave me like a compression tube so I've actually been using that with the cesarean um and she actually um has like some resources on her website and she had referred me to um have a read at the c-section blog post that she made and she was like just just read through it like you might have a you know, normal birth again, but just read through Mm -hmm. it so you're prepared. Um, So that's been quite good, just me understanding that I need to know, you know, like just have lots of rest, um, lots of horizontal rest as well. And just like compression is really good um, for, you know, just feeling a bit more supported in your um, abdominal area as well. Because, I mean, it is a surgery and then you're having to like look after a baby, you know. Yeah, Um, Yeah, it's not easy. But, yeah. No, it's not easy. Um, and, yeah, like just, you know, like waking up from the surgery and not being able to walk and all those things were, you know, just, it's very different to um, a natural birth. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I think they both have their pros and cons. <laughs> um, but, yeah. yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good considering. Um, I obviously had all that blood loss. I ended up having, I think, four blood transfusions. Yeah. and an iron infusion but they said that the iron oh, infusion wow. wouldn't hit till about two weeks but I think the blood transfusions have definitely worked so I'm feeling a lot better I yeah. um, I can't walk around for too long but I'm definitely like mobile and like moving around like last night we mm. took Bowie for his first little walk but I, mm. I lasted like a minute but that's fine um, I'm still like I'm up and about but yeah I just I think because of all that blood loss um, I get tired very quickly so yeah yeah, yeah. Just taking it day by day and trying to take things pretty easy. Yeah, for sure. Definitely need to um, do that and look after yourself. You've been through quite the um, ordeal, (laughs) haven't you? Poor thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 
And is there anything else that you'd like to share in regards to your birth story um, before we close? Yeah, I mean, you know, like people always say that every um, baby's different, every pregnancy's different, every birth is different. And I think after listening to my story, you can tell that like that really is the case. Um, I I always thought that like, you know, the first birth would be like the horrific one. And then the second one would be easy. So like, yeah, experiencing it um, the other way around is quite interesting. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think like the main thing is like, you know, when – when you're pregnant and going through birth and all that, the best thing to do is to really have no expectation and prepare for the worst, hope hope for the best (laughs) is my advice. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Eloise, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I'm really grateful um, that you took the time and I think there'll be lots of people out there who really enjoy listening to your story. So yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Another huge thank you to Countdown's range of Nappy's Little Ones for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. I really appreciate your support. I hope you've loved listening to this episode with Alaris. It was a delight to record for you and always great to bring you another episode. If you can, I would love for you to show your support to the podcast by giving me a star rating if that's what the app um, you are listening on has. Otherwise, to leave me a review or send me a message and let me know what you thought of the podcast. I'd also love for you to share it on your stories if you're listening. So take a screenshot, pop it on your stories and tag Kiwi Birthdays um, because I love to see when you're listening to the episodes and which one you're listening to. So yeah, another huge thank you for always supporting me listening to the Kiwi Birthdays podcast and I can't wait to bring you another episode next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.